Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. Hello and welcome to episode 213 of Geek Town Radio and back this week with Daryl. How are you doing? I'm fine, thanks. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're very welcome. We need to get you an intro jingle. You're the one person that hasn't had an in- intro jingle yet. Ooh. I'll have to think of something for you. <laughs> sounds good, sounds good. So, been a few weeks since you've been on actually. What have you been doing in the intervening time? Uh, yeah, it has been a while. In the sort of couple of weeks leading up to this, I watched this thing called Red Ruby, which is a young adult style show, which is available on the Brat YouTube channel. Ah. Uh, as far as I see, it isn't geologged, so people outside of America can watch it. Yeah, it doesn't seem to be. I, I was on there a little bit earlier just to take a quick look, and it seems to all be running, so I guess it's not geolocked. I just found it by chance on IMDb. It looked interesting. It was about a boy and a vampire girl. Okay. So I guess it's sort of a gender-swapped Twilight, yeah. if you will. Yeah. It's clearly sort of made for YouTube in terms of, like, the budget, but it's good. It's definitely it's definitely not cheap. It's just a case of, you see, like, they only have five sets. Right, they're, yeah, making yeah. The, they're making the best possible use of those five sets. Yeah. It seems to feature a mixture of popular young YouTubers and Nickelodeon Disney actors. Oh, right, okay. Or the uh, acting. Some of it could be iffy, but it doesn't detract from the show. And it's surprisingly horror films for something that's got to be aimed at like I guess 12 to 18 year olds right okay interesting and that's Red, Red Ruby that's called yes Red Ruby okay uh, this weekend so from Friday to Sunday was Evolution 2019 Fighter Game Championships yes generally everyone just calls it Evo yeah um, which featured a number of fighting games it featured nine Under Night in Birth which is a anime star game right Super Smash Brothers Ultimate <laughs> everyone knows what that is yeah. Dragon Ball Fighters, yeah. Blast Blue Cross Tag Battle, another anime sort of style fighter, Tekken 7, Street Fighter 5 Arcade Edition, Soul Calibur 6, which is this um, fancy swords sort of um, yeah. fighting game, Mortal Kombat 11, and Samurai Showdown. Yeah. Uh, Samurai Showdown is a um, f- fighting game that was popular ooh, late 90s on something called the Neo Geo. Yes. Which I could Tristan would know exactly what that is. Yes, yes. I'm old enough to be aware of the Neo Geo as well. <laughs> I was made I mainly watched it for the Street Fighter Five tournament, which had a prize pool of sixty nine thousand five hundred and twenty dollars. Not bad. Generally about 40% to half the goes to the winner. Right, okay. The top three was a Bonchan, very well-known fighting game guy. He's been a professional gamer for at least 20 years. Big Bird, relatively newcomer from the Middle East. And Infectious, who's a British player who's been around for at least 15 years and just sort of really had a really bumpy year this year. Right, okay. So it's good to see the Brits get to the top. And last year, it was a British player who came out on top. And I think out of 1,700 players, <laughs> wow, whittled down over three days so, wow so that was good and they changed the timings up so usually when you watch things like this you, you tend to end up watching the finals at 4am on Monday morning yeah but they shifted it so everything was finished by 11 and Tekken 7 was the last game of the night which worked out for me cool that's good um, another thing I've been watching is a horror Light as a Feather it's from Hulu in the US but it's come to Channel 4 right yeah and you can watch season one. Season two just released in Hulu. I just released over in the US. Yeah. And it's a it's a horror series, half hour, based in a high school, mysterious new girl played the game Light as a Feather with you think of it as the popular girls. Right. And then and then the, they start dying. Okay. There's more in it. It's, it's, it was a pretty fun ride. And stars Leanne Liberato, who's right. been in quite a few things. 
I would recommend it. I'm looking forward to season two whenever it get, whenever it comes around. Uh, yeah, it's, it's fun and it's it's surprising because I don't watch many half hour shows, but it gets through a surprising amount of plot. It's interesting for a horror format to be a half hour show because Hulu likes doing this because they also had a zombie film which is a half hour, which I also watched a couple seasons of. Right. Okay. I can't remember what it was called, but yeah, they they do like half hour horror series thing. Okay. I watched the first episode of season two of the OA because I've been meaning and meaning and meaning to watch it. Yeah. I finally had some time and it's just as weird as I remember. Good, good. Yeah, I think I've still got episodes of season one to finish. I watched some of it and then kind of dropped away and never went back. So it was interesting. Just other things got in the way and it's one of those that's kind of dropped off my radar and I need to go back to it at some point. Great show. It's absolutely great show. It just leads directly on from the finale and it's wild. And that's only one episode. All the internet reviews seem to be pretty good. Good. pushing for it to get renewed hello dave from the future here um about an hour after we spoke about this on the podcast netflix announced they'd cancelled the oa um sorry about that so yeah we did get into a longer discussion about being renewed and netflix renewals policies but i've sort of decided to chop that out because it seems a bit pointless at this point uh so yes unfortunately the oa has now been canned (laughs) Back to the show. The yeah, other thing I was watching is another thing on Netflix. That was Another Life, which stars Katie Sackhoff. Yes, I've seen the first episode so far of this. I haven't seen past that yet. I think I've watched the first three. Okay. So it looks pretty good. Very expensive. Yes. It's very odd in its um, style in that it's pretty much two separate things. It's dealing with the spaceship, which is off to find out the aliens who sent a probe to Earth and the group back on Earth trying to figure out what the probe means. Yeah. And to get to understand it. And it also has a social media influencer who keeps popping up. Right. Okay. Yes. Yes, uh, the, you only see a bit of them in the uh, first episode, so yes. Yeah, she, yeah, she keeps coming, she keeps coming back. Right, okay. Interesting. So, it's got some horror elements in it. Yeah. I think I've watched episode three, and there's a, a surprising amount of stuff has happened. Right. In other shows, that would be, that a season would have already happened before the stuff <laughs> right, happened. Right, yeah. So I'm eager to see what else they're going to do. Yeah, it did strike me as an interesting show. I've had other things to get through first so i will go back to it i just uh i've i've only got one episode so far yeah but that's all i've been up to okay cool i finished the boys on amazon I, yep i did too have you read the comic book for this i haven't read the comic book okay and i've been i basically i've been going around asking people it's like is a comic book worse than this in terms of violence <sighs> see i'm trying to remember i think maybe it's altered slightly some of the characters are altered there are I think I was saying to Bex last week that there are elements in the comic book which I think would be, in a sort of post-Me Too world, would be very difficult to do on screen. And Really? Because it was pretty difficult what went on screen. Well, exactly, yes. So I think it's probably worse, actually, in the comic book from that point okay. of view, because there's, there's less comeuppance for people, I think, in the comic book, whereas there is more of that in the... Um, uh, in the slightly, show, okay. slightly more of that in the show. So, yeah, they have made alterations uh, which are, are incredibly understandable. There are some quite major alterations to the plot as far as I can remember. It's been a while since I read the comic book. I, but well, I've seen that they've changed They've changed the origin of superheroes. Yeah. Because it seems to be different. It seems to be different in the, in the books. Or at least they don't talk about it. And in the books, it's suggested that superheroes go back a lot further. Where yeah. it seems like in the show, this is the first generation of superheroes. Yeah, yeah. There are a few changes. But I mean, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. You know, they do that quite frequently with, you know, as we've said before, the books, the book, the comic books, the comic book, the TV shows, the TV show, you know, and the films, the film. They have to make those alterations to make it work in a particular medium. And I think they did a very good job with the boys. Um, I really enjoyed that first season. I'm very much looking forward to the second season. I think it's already been picked up, I seem to remember. So uh, that will be coming back. But I'm surprised about the lack of warnings given the ongoing foray about 13 reasons why yeah. and efforts having to go in there and, ch- and change scenes and give warnings i'm surprised and i made sure i watched at the beginning there aren't there aren't any warnings there is about sex there aren't any warnings about sexual assault there's warnings about violence and there's warning about sex sexual assault is not either of those things okay i i thought there was i thought there, they because they show that, that black card up yeah, at the start on the black card front it says um there's warning about sexual content 
and it's a warning about violent contact, but there isn't anything that's made reference to sexual assault. Okay, yeah, I, I thought there was on some of them, because I think that card changes per episode, so maybe they're... I, I'm not 100% sure on that, because I thought I saw warnings about that on some of them, but maybe I didn't. Maybe I was imagining it. But yes, I mean, there are big warning cards that go up on the start of that, because there are some... I mean, obviously it's a comic book adaptation, yeah. but, you know, sexual assault's in there. There are various other rather gruesome things that go on as well. And, you know, it isn't just that, obviously. There are a lot of other things going on as well. No, I really enjoyed that series. I thought they did a brilliant job with it. I'm very much looking forward to it to co- coming back as well. I, I thought Carl Urban was great as Billy Butcher. I was a bit sort of, when they announced that, I was sort of not sure. I like Carl Urban a lot, but I wasn't sure, but he does it so did, well. Did you, did you think the casting was diabolical? <laughs> he says that way too much. Yes. Way too much. He does. Um, that accent goes on a few trips. He does a little bit, but I think he pulls it off. And it's entertaining. And he is a British person in America, supposed to be. That's what he's supposed to be. So maybe the yeah. accent will be a little bit all over the place. But um, I think he gets away with it. It is kind of a bit Michael Caine Cockney in places, but, you know, <laughs> still fun. Could be worse. Could be yeah, like that Cockney. That's true. And it, it, I don't think it quite straight into Dick Van Dyke yeah, territory. So, you know, you're bad. all right. It's not that bad. I finished uh, iZombie finale of that case out interesting end to iZombie with a sort of with a with a sort of 10 year time jump right at the very end Uh, yeah sort of a a kind of wrap up 10 year virtual reality time jump which was a bit weird but uh, but you know it it wraps everything up fairly nicely at the end Uh, it's a it's a reasonably solid conclusion to it I think they did a good job with that show and I will miss it it was fun uh, staying on Netflix Orange is the New Black I have started I'm about eight episodes in I think um, very much enjoying this series it feels like you know a good wrap up to sort of seven seasons of it I, I'm looking forward to where that finishes I started Manifest which is now airing on Sky One and in actual fact you can watch the entire thing on demand they've dropped it on as a box set on demand so you can binge your way through that you've seen this as well I think haven't you yeah I'm surprised it got renewed really? but- Given that, given that it got renewed and they haven't placed it, not surprised about that. Right. Okay. Yeah. Um, I I enjoyed the first episode. It's an interesting setup. I have told oh, it, it, it rains start, a bit. It starts. It starts amazingly well, yeah. and there doesn't. It mm. goes off the rails. Yeah, I had heard that. I had heard it sort of loses its way a bit. Given that they've given it a second season, hopefully they can pull that back a bit for the second season. But uh, I certainly enjoyed the first episode. Uh, I I think it should be worth watching. I and we do know that it has got a second season so we know it's not going anywhere for now anyway mm. so uh, yes we want to watch and it is all available on demand so presumably it's on their TV as well if you want to go and watch that Shazam I finally saw I watched that last night which I completely missed when at the cinema I really enjoyed it it's a fun DC film which is something that DC have desperately needed for a while I, I think uh, Zach's great in the lead in that the kids are brilliant in that the plot isn't particularly great but I I thought it was a fun entertaining couple of hours of a of a superhero film you know I'm kind of well up for them doing more of that I like the fact that they threw in a few big references because I mean the entire premise of it is basically what if the movie big was with superheroes is pretty much the premise of it so uh, I like the fact that they threw in a few big references in there and there was a few callbacks and there was reference to Batman and Superman and stuff so you know I I think he, he did a really fun job in there really well I enjoyed that and uh, there was a little bit of uh, trailer stuff that popped out over the last week one of which was a trailer for the new still as yet untitled teen-led Walking Dead spin-off which I mean the trailer itself doesn't really give you an awful lot more than what we already knew which is that the show is focused on two lead female protagonists in it uh, first generation to come of age during the apocalypse so the these are kids that have never known a world without zombies. They've grown up in a protected society behind protected walls. And now they're going out for the first time to find themselves and explore the world and uh, are obviously now having to sort of come face to face with zombies and they've never really had to kill them before. And so it, it sounds to me a bit like what if you took something like, you know, the 100 and mixed it with the walking dead, <laughs> but uh 
we'll, we'll have to see what it ends up being but they've got the cast in place for it there is a little trailer which is basically the characters sort of narrating that to screen with some uh, artist work flashing in between because I don't think they've actually shot episodes yet so uh, have you watched this have you seen any of this I reported on the news when they found one of the female leads but other than that no I'm not really much of a Walking Dead person I mean it's an interesting addition to The Walking Dead The Walking Dead is not going anywhere because it's the cash cow for AMC at the moment so this will be the third show on top of the Rick movies that are coming and uh, who knows what else they've got planned so uh, we'll we'll have to wait and see but um, yeah so that's the new teen spin-off you can see the trailer for that up on the website so that's all the stuff that we've been doing this week let's move on to some tv and film news kick off the tv and film news with the renewals cancellations and pickups and the first one is a cancellation of the 100 or rather the ending of the 100 it's not so much a cancellation it's been going for seven seasons uh but they have announced that the upcoming seventh season will be the last one we're still waiting on season six which is coming in the autumn to e4 they have said but we don't know exactly when yet so season seven will be the last one i think that's a fair run seven seasons certainly for a show like that and that show has morphed miles away from what its original premise was uh so you know it seems to be a fair point to end it i would say yep yeah, I, w- I would think so it's definitely had its issues and its problems yeah but it's, it's kept on chugging it had a lot of problems with being pushed around the cw schedule all over the place yeah um sometimes in autumn sometimes as a summer show but it's good it's good that it's going out on its own terms yeah so they know how to end it so that's good yeah like most shows on the cw they tend very rare cw actually cancels something they usually are fairly good certainly if it goes past the first season the only shows they tend to cancel tend to be one season shows if it goes past the first season then shows tend to get left to their own devices and end on their own terms which is always good I tell you if i was selling a show in the u.s the cw is the channel i want to sell it to oh definitely there's that amazon has renewed carnival row for a second season and don't worry you've not missed seasons one yet it hasn't aired it's uh friday the 30th of august season one of carnival row is airing the second season is coming out probably next year i imagine but uh yeah so it's another sort of amazon renewal before the previous season is aired which is what they did with the boys i seem to remember as well so that's all good fox has confirmed the uk premiere date for american horror story 1984 which is going to be the 19th of september and that's going to be the day after the u.s sony has rebranded a bunch of its channels so if you're on freeview because this really affects freeview people more than anybody else they've now launching what they're saying is the first movie network on freeview so this is a network of channels rather than a movie channel uh sony movies sony action sony classic and sony christmas which randomly is launching in september uh, so you can watch christmas movies from september on Sony Movies Christmas, if that's your thing. And they've also rebranded True Entertainment as the Sony channel, which is going to be showing a bunch of old things that they have the license for, like Murder, She Wrote, Charlie's Angels, Starsky and Hutch, TJ Hooker, stuff Ooh, like that. So, you know, classic, classic old TV shows. So, uh, yeah, I thought that was interesting, but uh, they're rebranding that from Tuesday the 10th of September is when the, the first change of that comes in. They've released a trailer and announced a premiere date for 13 Reasons Why, and I've also announced that the fourth season which is after the third season which is launching on the 23rd of august the fourth season will be the final one where the kids will all finish school and go off to college which seems like a sensible place to end it and given that the entire thing is based on a book which was basically covered in season one i think they've done pretty well to get four seasons out of it It definitely i think it may be a controversial show but i think it's a show that i'm glad it's, it's around yeah i think it's important and it's a good watch it's a difficult watch, but mm. TV should be sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. And it's it's rare you get things that are aimed at teens, which are that sort of difficult watch. So, yeah, I think it's, it's important that they, they did it. And 
I'm glad they're getting to end on their own terms as well, which is nice. Over in the UK, the W Channel has renewed the utterly fabulous series Flack, which was Anna Paquin's show about the PR agency, which was uh, six episodes long, it only was. But the, uh, they've renewed that for a second season. And I loved the first season of that. I thought it was absolutely brilliant. They've got Sam Neill and Daniel Day Kim joining the cast in either guest roles or, or sort of overarching roles in uh, the second season as well so i'm very very much looking forward to that coming back because i thought they did a fabulous job on the first season of that homeland we've had a bit of news about season eight they have bumped the air date again because it was supposed to arrive in the autumn it's now got a set air date so it looks like this one will actually stick because this is the second time it's been bumped it's going to air on sunday the 9th of february in 2020 on showtime in the u.s US. No UK air date yet, but it's usually within a couple of weeks of the US. So, uh, you know, hopefully that will be February in the UK as well, given it's the final season. We'll have to wait and see what Channel 4 do with it. But um, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm looking forward to that. It'll have been off air for two years by that point. But um, it's a good show. I'm, I'm glad it's coming back for a final season. And uh, then we have lots of crossover news. Uh, They announced Marvel's Runaways is going to cross over with Marvel's Cloak and Dagger. Don't worry if you you know you it's not a chicago med chicago pd problem marvel's runaways runs on sci-fi in the uk marvel's cloak and dagger runs on amazon in the uk they're actually on separate networks in the us although they do both run on hulu as well but it's going to be the characters from cloak and dagger showing up in runaways it's not going to be like you need to watch an episode of each it's just going to be the cloak and dagger guys showing up to help out the runaways cast uh, so you won't need to have seen both shows necessarily f- to make that work which I think is the sensible way of doing it it's something that we've been pulling for for quite some time so it's glad to see it's going to happen it seems like it's going to just be one episode so yeah. it's just a bit of a worry about how that's going to work in with the, with the storyline because they've already released the synopsis and synopsis for Runaways is pretty crazy <laughs> so, so I'm interested to see how they get them in and out without making it awkward yes yeah that that's going to be interesting we know they've got Elizabeth Hurley as Morgan Le Fay in the uh, next season as well which will be an interesting addition because she's a fairly scenery chewing actress at times so uh, we'll have to see how she deals with that Uh, and uh, over on the Arrowverse on DC they've announced even more people in the crossover Uh, the Black Lightning cast for the first time will be joining the Arrowverse which have always been a separate show again it's the same situation as it was with the Runaways and Cloak and dagger black lightning the show isn't part of the crossover but the cast from black lightning will be in the crossover episodes so although black lightning runs on netflix over here it doesn't matter because that episode isn't going to be part of the five episodes that they're using for the crossover event so uh, if you've never seen black lightning you're just going to have a bunch of random people show up in the arrowverse and you don't know who they are but you're not actually going to miss anything out by not having seen the rest of black lightning and they've also announced kevin conroy who some of you may know that name some of you may not but the voice of batman if you've seen batman the animated series if you've seen batman beyond if you've seen any of the animated movies or played the batman arkham games kevin conroy is the person that voiced bruce wayne and batman in that he's a lovely chap we've interviewed him before he will be playing a future version of bruce wayne in the arrowverse which i think is quite interesting that they've uh, managed to get him in to do that and this will be the first time he's played a live action bruce wayne on screen which i think is great i'm glad they're roping people in yep. like this i think it, i think it's really good there's got to be so many people in that because they also got in burt ward for yes they've got they haven't, they haven't announced yet yeah they've not said what burt ward is playing but they've roped burt ward who was robin in the original batman 66 they've roped him in you've got uh brandon routh playing a superman in this not the superman of the universe obviously because they've also got Tyler Hecklin 
and Elizabeth Tulloch are both back as Superman and Lois Lane. John Cryer's coming back as Lex Luthor. Uh, LaMonica Garrett is coming back as the Monitor and the Anti-Monitor. Uh, they've got the man of many Wellses, Tom Kavanagh, is playing Pariah as well, um, who is the person that sort of sets off the crisis event by the sounds of it. So that that addition, they've also been teasing that they are trying to rope in some more people from other previous DC shows. So they're trying to get some people from like Smallville and stuff like that to come across and uh, and maybe do it. So we'll, we'll see whether they manage to do that, but there may be some more surprise faces popping up as well, which would be awesome. I really look forward to that. They're also teasing that they have plans for a new Arrowverse show in 2020, but haven't released any details about what that show might be. Is it going to be Batwoman? No, no, no. This is in addition to Batwoman. Oh, so it's in addition. Okay. Yeah. So Batwoman, we know, is coming because that's launching in December, well, in uh, October. But they have plans, they've said. It's not confirmed. They have plans for another Arrowverse show in 2020. Any particular DC characters you'd like to see? It seems slightly disingenuous for it to be in plans because it's now, it's now the 5th of August and they want to get out by October, which means they have to have done some casting by now. No, no, no. That, um, this will be 2020, so it'll be it'll be October 2020 yeah, when they launch yeah, this. Still, yeah, I know, I know, but yeah, it takes it takes a while to film. Well, yeah, to you could. Wh- wind yeah. up and film a thing I don't I don't know I would think that they might go for another team but I don't know what team they would do yeah and it does make me wonder if they're maybe going to close out one of the other series maybe Legend. Legends yeah I mean Legends seems the most likely one because I don't think you want the Flash going the season after Arrow goes so maybe Legends but um, th- that may not be the case I mean it may be that they're looking to add another show in maybe so we'll, we'll have to see what they come up with I'd love to see a Booster Gold show <laughs> because that's a character that's been floating around for a while and they've talked about making movies and stuff of it but uh, I love Booster he's fabulous maybe a a Booster Gold Blue Beetle show would be good something like that but we'll have to wait and see what they come up with I'm very intrigued to see what they may be planning for another one of those moving on to other news stories Joss Whedon's HBO sci-fi series The Nevers released its cast I think we'd had one casting announcement up until this point they've now announced 12 more people they're going to be in the show. It's a, I mean, it's a ridiculous amount of uh, names, and most of them are British as well, or an awful lot of them are British. So uh, you've got Laura Donnelly, who had already been announced. She's from uh, the Fall Missing Casualty, Britannia, Outlander as well. She plays um, Jenny Fraser-Murray in Outlander, is probably what she's best known for. But she's playing one of the lead characters, Amelia True. The show, by the way, is a, it's a sci-fi drama which follows a gang of Victorian women who find themselves in unusual abilities, relentless enemies, and a mission to change the world. So that's the setup for it. Josh Whedon is directing, producing, and serving as showrunner on the series. He's also co-writing the series with Jane Epson and uh, Doug Petrie, who are both ex-Buffy writers. So um, kind of a coming together of, of a bunch of ex-Buffy people. Uh, the new cast that they've announced is uh, Olivia Williams, who you will probably know if you're a Whedon fan from Dollhouse, because she played the leader of the Dollhouse. Uh, she's also been on Counterpart recently, which was a brilliant sci-fi show, which sadly got canned after two seasons. She is playing Latvina Bidlow, who is a wealthy spinster and champion of the touched and funds the orphanage where Amelia and the touch live throughout her vast family fortune. So she is soundingly playing a sort of boss character again, by the looks of the thing. You've got James Norton, who I think most people will know as the recently departed Reverend Sisney Chambers from Grantchester. So he's he's going to be showing up as uh, Hugo Swan, a pansexual posh boy whose charm has about five years left on its he runs a secret club and a side trade in blackmail. That's that character. Uh, Tom Riley, who I think people will probably know as Leonardo da Vinci from Da Vinci's Demons. He's also been starring on the ITV crime drama Dark Heart. Plays Augie Bidlow, who is a sweet, disarming nerd and Latvia's younger brother. You've got Anne Skelly, who was Ethelfled in Vikings and appeared in the Irish drama Red Rock. You've got Ben Chapman, who one of those faces that you'll know from a lot of different things, but uh, he was in the UK and US versions of Mad Dogs. He was most recently played the tabloid boss Duncan Allen in the brilliant press miniseries as well. So I'm really 
happy to see him because he's great. Uh, Pip Torrance, who has appeared in a whole host of different things. Uh, he's been in Star Wars Force Awakens, The Danish Girl, The Iron Lady. He was in The Crown. He played one of the Prime Ministers. I can't remember which one. He's popped up in Preacher, Poldark, a whole bunch of different stuff. Uh, Zachary Mono, who played Manny Atta in the recent series of No Offense, and he was in the miniseries Seven Seconds. Amy Mason, who was, uh, has popped up in a few different things, but uh, was uh, Marinda in Once Upon a Time and Medea in Atlantis. She's also been in Outcast, Being Human, The White Princess. Nick Frost, the legendary Nick Frost, one half of Peg and Frost from the Cornetto trilogy. And you'll also know him for Into the Badlands as Sick Note. Rochelle Nell, who was in Death in Paradise. She appeared in episodes of Jessica. She's popped up in Doctors. Elaine Tomlinson, who was Desmelda in Poldark. Uh, she's also appeared in The White Queen. And uh, she's due to star in the BBC adaptation of War on the Worlds, as opposed to the one that's showing on Channel 4. You've got uh, Dennis O'Hare, who has got a huge list of credits from American Horror Story, um, True Blood. He's in This Is Earth recently he's in the good wife big little lies there's a whole set of fairly solid names there somebody seems to be a fan of both the white princess because there's a number of cast from that popping up in it and poldark as well it looks interesting i guess we'll see you need you need a trailer to sort of flesh it out and give an idea of what what actually is going to happen yeah i mean the thing that excites me about this is the fact that not only is it josh whedon to returning to tv which i'm very much looking forward to it's him turning to tv on hbo Mm. which i think is a much safer place for him to be rather than dealing with standard network tv because it means he can get away with doing a bit more than he would if he was on normal network tv and i think that's only a good thing there is a good chance that it may last a little bit longer assuming it gets reasonably positive reception but i i rather like the idea of that it sounds like it's going to be good fun Moving on, we have casting announcements again for The Stand, an adaptation of the Stephen King novel. This is, uh, they've announced James Marsden, Amber Heard, Odessa Young, and Henry Zager. For that, uh, James Marsden, you will know as Teddy in Westworld, probably more than anything else. He was also in the uh, brilliant Netflix comedy Dead to Me as well recently. Amber Heard, most recently, I think you will know her from Aquaman, where she starred as Mira. She's been in a whole bunch of other things as well. Odessa Young has been in Assassination Nation, A Million Little Pieces, a few other movies as well. She's less well known. Henry Zager, probably best known as Jake in 13 Reasons Why. He's also been in Trinkets. And um, he plays Sunspot in the long delayed and still not yet seen X-Men New Mutants movie, which has been sat on a shelf for years. So he's in that as well. It's an adaptation of The Stand, uh, which is uh, Stephen King's apocalyptic vision of a world decimated by a plague and embroiled in an elemental struggle between good and evil. The fate of mankind rests on the frail shoulders of a 108-year-old mother, Abigail, and a handful of survivors. Their worst nightmares are embroiled in a man with a lethal smile and unpeakable power. Randall Flag the Dark Man. So yes, I don't know particularly the stand very well. I you were Stephen King. I don't do horror very much, you see. So that's not one of the books I have of his I've read. I'm completely clueless on this. Stephen King adaptations are always kind of interesting, I think, and sometimes they pull them off and sometimes they don't. It's on CBS All Access, which gives them a little bit more freedom than maybe it would if it was on normal CBS. And they've done a great job with the Star Trek stuff and some of the other things that they've been releasing on CBS all access so we'll have to see how this goes but uh yes a new version of the stand coming i think they've done tv versions as well before they've certainly done tv movie versions before and uh, also on cvs all access they've ordered an adaptation of the man who fell to earth which for the younger people amongst you was probably best known as an iconic film starring David Bowie, follows an alien who arrives to Earth at a turning point in human evolution and must confront his own past to determine our future. This series comes from Alex Kurzman, who is the somehow found the time to do this amongst all the Star Trek stuff that he's doing for CBS, and Jenny Lumet, who is co-producer and a writer on Discovery. So it's clearly something they've concocted together. There's been a mixed reaction 
reaction to when this was announced because that David Bowie movie is very, very much beloved. But it is also a book. It is based off the book as well. The novel that it was originally comes from was first published in 1963, uh, has been adapted a couple of times before. Obviously, the uh, the David Bowie movie, which was in 76. And in 87, there was a made-for-TV movie as well. I think making it a series could be kind of interesting. I think it's a, it's a dangerous property to touch just in case you're going to get it wrong. But then I have a lot of faith in Kurzman in being able to adapt things because he's done fairly well with Star Trek. So, you know, we'll, we'll see where this goes. No air date announced for that yet, but uh, we'll have to wait and see. So that's all the news for this week. Next, we have the interview. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. So the interview this week is with Pete Oswald, who we have spoken to before. Uh, he is the Angry Birds Movie 2 production designer. Uh, we spoke to him just before the release of Angry Birds Movie 1. Uh, so we're going back to him talking to him about what he's changed and uh, additions and stuff for the new film. The Angry Birds 2 movie details a new journey for the iconic Angry Birds pigs and birds as they face a new enemy together. Uh, it's got voices from Josh Gad, Nicki Minaj, Sterling K. Brown, Danny McBride, Bill Hader, Tiffany Haddish, Peter Dinklage is in there as well. So there's a whole awesome voice cast. Uh, we talked to him about things like the production design for animation versus live action, how they go about getting the actors' performances across in cartoon pigs and birds. Uh, he's really lovely and uh, it was a really interesting conversation. Here's the interview with Pete Oswald. We will see you afterwards with some highlights for next week on TV. <laughs> For people that didn't hear the first interview we did with you, should we start off by giving a bit of background about what you actually do? Because you're a production sure. designer, which we've we've spoken to production designers numerous times before, but it's very rare we talk to one who's purely based on an animated feature. So yeah. what's your job entail on an animated feature then? So as a production designer and animated feature, I work closely with the producer and director to figure out the visual styling of the film. So anywhere, everywhere from the look of the characters to the look of the background, to the environments, to the, the color design, myself and, and my talented team, we create all that. So what's cool about animated animation is that you, you're basically starting from zero, right? Yeah. So you have to, you have to, de- you have to design everything. So yeah. So anything that you see is vis- that <laughs> that's on screen, myself and my, my team are, are responsible for. Right. Okay. It's essentially, it's the same sort of job that you would have on a something which is live action but um you're building everything digitally rather than correct yes getting messy with paper and sets and (laughs) exactly yeah yeah or or going out to it yeah going out to a a location and shooting you know we're creating everything from from props to you know to the to the environments that they're that they're walking and living in yeah more coding less splinters i think (laughs) yes exactly yeah there's (laughs) you got it and uh just a quick bit of background on you for for people that didn't hear the the first time uh, mm-hmm. how, how did you end up doing in production design in animation well i you know i've worked in uh animation for over 15 years now and i've just you know i've fallen i've fallen in love with this process and and the people that that, that make these films um it is such a collaborative process so it's something that i've been doing for um a really long time and i've been lucky enough to to production design the first angry birds and now the angry birds movie too so yeah it's just yeah it's a it's a great great process as you said this is the second time that you're coming on to an angry mm-hmm. birds film has the fact that it's been the second time been easier now that you've kind of established a few bits and pieces yes and no that's a that's a great question <laughs> because there are you know a lot of people yeah think oh it's, it's a sequel you can reuse all these ads and you've already kind of established your style but at the same time we have to create something uh that's unique and unexpected you know for for the yeah. audience so everywhere from the look of the film to the story 
story. So it is nice to have that established film, you know, the first film and, and have these characters, but then it's equally as challenging to figure out where to go from there. Yeah. Are there assets that you can use from the previous movie? But Yes. Yeah, there is. Um, you know, we, we used a lot of Bird Island and some of Piggy Island. And then the, the biggest challenge was creating the new island, which is Eagle Island and, and all those new characters um, and, you know, creating a, a new place for the audience to, to experience. How was your approach for creating the new island then? What were you sort of looking at for that? You know, I think it really started with Zeta, who is voiced by Leslie Jones. She's the main villain of the sequel right. and she's an eagle. And so she lives on Eagle Island and we wanted her motive. Anytime we're designing and creating an environment, we want it to be directly correlated with the character. And, and you know, so there's reasons why we're creating these designs. And her main motive was is she's tired of living on this icy cold tundra of, of an island. You know, it's just, she wants, she wants yeah. to live the tropical life of bird Island and pig Island. And that becomes her whole motive for the film. So it really set a lot of design choices. So we knew, we knew Eagle Island had to be basically the opposite of bird and pig Island in that it had to be cold. It had to be a place that you, you don't necessarily want to stay, but also we wanted to create a beautiful place, you know, that, that this is a fun place for the audience to go to and, and to see, you don't want it to make it so ugly and so drab that there's no fun there, right? So I think that we found a, a good balance between making something that supports the character, but is also beautiful and, and sets up a lot of comedy. Are you sort of going and getting reference material for, for designing things like that? Are you kind of getting lots of things of icy tundras and that sort of... Of course, yeah. yeah. We, I mean, we, we're constantly looking at photographs and Google images and everything so that we're, we're basing this off of something in reality, even though it's not based on, a, on, on a one real thing, but there's there's elements that allow the audience to connect it in a way that says this this place is real or could be real, right? Yeah. It's not just this totally made up world where nothing makes sense. You wanted to kind of ground it in some type of reality and that makes your stakes higher and I think ultimately makes your comedy better. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. You've got a, a fabulous voice cast for the film. Reading through the list, there's like Josh Gad, uh, Nicki Minaj, Sterling Craig Brown, Danny McBride, Bill Hader, Tiffany Haddish. You've got Peter Dinklage in there as well. Yeah. When it comes to designing the characters, is there ever a case of you taking, even though obviously they're birds and, and pigs mm-hmm. and that sort of stuff, do you take features of some of the actors sometimes and, and mold them in? Definitely. I think it comes out in their performance in animation. A lot of times we will record the actor doing his or her lines and we'll use that as reference when it goes to animation. Right. So I think more so in their little nuances and their acting related back to the actual actor than physical features, right? Yeah. So it's I think it comes out more in their their animation performance. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, yes, because for, for a movie like this, I mean, motion capture is quite popular these days, but for a movie like this, sure. <laughs> kind of be weird if they were doing motion capture for something like yeah, that. Yeah, de- definitely. We, we, you know, this is first and foremost a comedy and it's a cartoon, right? Like we want this to feel like, like a cartoon, um, you know, even though everything is rendered with, you know, hair and fur and feathers and, you know, the ice looks real and the sand and water looks fantastic. But ultimately at at the heart of this, this is a comedy cartoon. Yeah, totally. So, I mean, we said we started talking last time, I think it was 2016. And I think you've been working on the movie, the first movie, four years at that point. Uh, Yeah, around, yep. Around, yeah, three to four years. Exactly. Yeah. So what, seven years you've been working Angry <laughs> yeah, Birds? Yeah, so Angry Birds, it's become, you know, I, it's become a labor of love. And and I was a fan of the game before I even got a call to work on the first film. Yeah. And the first film was all about kind of bringing the game to life, right? Yeah. And then the sequel, you know, people are like, where can you go with that? And we were able to kind of move away from the expected battle of the pigs, you know, versus the, the birds and introduce new new characters and new villains and ultimately create a scenario where the birds and the pigs have to work together, which I, I, I love that part, you know, it's two yeah. enemies coming together, which just opens up so many opportunities for comedy. It sounds like it's going to be a really fun film. Are you getting sick of Angry Birds at any point at this? 
<laughs> yeah, no, I, you know, I love these characters. I is there is something that you put yourself in this process, and a piece of you is there, and you also relate to these characters, you know. And um, so I absolutely, you know, love love this this whole franchise, and and just so honored to to be a part of it. What's the one bit that you've done that you can talk about? Obviously, uh, not wishing to spoil anything that you you've done on the films that you're particularly proud of. I think creating Eagle Island and Zeta's lair, you know, Zeta is, is the main villain and kind of creating her space, which is so unique to the world and, and to the, the universe that we set up in the first film. I just feel very proud of our artistic team on creating these characters and then creating this location that feels so fresh and new and is connected so deeply to the motive of what she wants. You know, she wants to get off this island and I just love what we did. We basically created this, you know, as because she wants to this tropical life, her interior of her lair is she's got this pool that's frozen over this waterfall, this like beautiful tiki bar, um, <laughs> but everything's made out of ice and everything is, is frozen. So it's her way. And she's got these, you know, carved frozen palm trees that she, you know, she's decorated her place with. Um, <laughs> it feels so right. And it's rooted in comedy. So just like the rest of the film. Yeah. That, I like the idea of that. It sounds great. Yeah. Um, what has been your most interesting experience working? Doesn't necessarily need to be on the Angry Bird stuff, but just sort of generally working as, as a production designer. Getting the feedback from audience members and and especially on this film we've had a couple early viewings of the film and hearing kids reactions which because you know they're they're just so honest and they you know and they're <laughs> there's there's they're so you know it's it's such pure honesty coming coming from from these kids and there was one little boy in one of the screenings that said that he really loved silver and silver is is Chuck's sister who's this amazing engineer played by Rachel Bloom and she's just this awesome character and he really related to to her and he said that I imagine myself, if I was a girl, I would imagine myself being like her. Right. And, <laughs> and I thought that was just a, an interesting perspective and, and an interesting way of a boy kind of looking at, at a female character. Yeah. Yeah. That's really lovely. And, uh, yeah. you know, if you want, if you want to get honest criticism, show it to a child. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have three young boys of my own and you, you'll know for sure whether yeah. or not they like it or, <laughs> or they don't. Kids can be brutal. <laughs> <laughs> they can. Exactly. <laughs> So you've now done the the second Angry Birds movie. It's, it's, I mean, I. I don't know, there may be some more Angry Birds coming after this, who knows? You, you never know, uh, you know, fingers crossed, you know, I guess um, it would be an amazing experience to keep expanding this world and, and finding finding new adventures for these amazing characters. What else are you working on at the moment? Just wrapping up this right now, I mean, all, all the efforts are, are towards this and I'm doing a couple of children's books on the side and stuff, but uh, you know, this has been the main, the main focus right now, so we're just, yeah, really excited that we're getting the world to experience it. Would you like to move across cross into live action at some point or do you I, I would love to experience that you know I um I don't have much experience in the live action world but storytelling and whether it's animated or live action I love just telling a good story and and creating a world for characters to live in so yeah let me know <laughs> if, you get, if you got a live action project let me know yeah I mean I I guess with so much of Hollywood movies becoming kind of CG based anyway i mean you look mm -hmm. at something like the avengers right. films the amount of stuff that in there that is probably animated despite it being versions of the live action characters but right. so much of that stuff is going to be animated because it's all visual effects so i guess that's one way maybe of, of crossing over is finding something yeah. which is far yeah. more vfx heavy no that's a that's a that's a great call and and you're right there is so much of these big action films that are visual effects based that would be an, an easier transition point right there but yeah i guess we'll see yeah yeah so last couple of questions for you sure. which these were the same that i asked you a few years ago so uh, okay. we'll see what your I, I suspect your answers might be a bit different now but okay first question is uh what tv shows are you watching at the moment we just finished big little lies uh yes. which on on hbo which i love and of course game of thrones I, I believe i probably said that last yes yes you did last time uh game of thrones just because we and we just had our third baby so we like watching tv <laughs> is like that's probably one of the last things we get to do um yeah. but i most specifically got 
So, yeah. Yeah, yeah still Game of Thrones then. <laughs> right, yeah. But we'll have to see where they take it because now it's got some spin-offs coming, but yeah, uh, we'll yeah. see. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to see what happens. And again, if you had the opportunity to work on any TV show, past, present or future, which show would it be? Dang, that's a great question. Um, you know, I, I'm also watching Stranger Things. Um, I think, uh-huh. you know, being able to work on on that, that would be amazing because I just I love the production design and I grew up in the 80s. So it's like it's, <laughs> yeah. it's, it, it hits really home, you know, it, yeah. it's close to home there. So uh, and, I you know, I love what they're doing, doing with the series as well. Yeah, that's a really good call. I I yeah. love that show. This latest season's been phenomenal. So it's, it's uh, so good. Yeah. yeah, it's really good this current season. So um, yeah. yes, I I very much with as a, as a fellow eighties child, I'm very much with you like that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> awesome. Well, it's been lovely to have you back on again. Uh, thanks, um, David. Yeah. Give it another few years. <laughs> I know, you... <laughs> right? We'll we'll see we'll see what shakes out. But yeah. uh, no, I, I appreciate your support and uh, love what you guys are doing. Love your stuff too. Uh, yeah. Animation just takes so damn long. <laughs> I know. Oh, right it is it's a marathon it's yeah. not a sprint it's a definite marathon so uh, yeah. so yes probably be a few more years before we talk again but uh lovely yeah. to have you back on and uh, you'll have to come back up with whatever the next thing is that would be fantastic i'd love it awesome thanks david cheers Bye. okay Take care. Bye-bye. So that was the interview with Pete Oswald, the Angry Birds 2 production designer. Angry Birds 2 is out in cinemas right now if you uh, are feeling like you want to go and see an Angry Birds movie. Now for some highlights for next week on TV. So highlights for next week. We have... FBI finally making its way to the UK shores on the 8th of August on Sky Witness. This has already got a spin-off coming, I seem to remember, in the US as well. They've already announced a spin-off show from it. I'm looking forward to seeing that. It's a Dick Wolf drama, so the man behind the Chicago franchises, it comes from him. Sky Witness have got that. That's on the 8th of August. We have This Way Up coming to Channel 4, which is a new comedy starring Ainsley B, who's from The Fall and Gap Year, as the... Uh, uh, charming funny Annie, a wit smart English as a foreign language teacher who's trying to pull her life back together after teeny tiny nervous breakdown. Uh, so that is coming. That's on the 8th of August at 10pm on Channel 4. It's called This Way Up. Glow Season 3, that returns to Netflix on the 9th of August. Then on the 12th of August on Sky Atlantic, we have second season of Succession. First season of that was fabulous. So I'm looking forward to seeing more of that. Fear the Walking Dead returns for the second half of the fifth season on AMC Global in the UK on the 12th of August at 9pm. Of course, for the people that haven't got AMC Global, it will appear later, probably next year on uh, Amazon Prime. And Nosferatu, which is not how it's spelt, but uh, yes, it's it's the one that's N-O-S-4-A-2. Nosferatu, that is also coming to AMC Global. That's on the 13th at 9pm. That's also been renewed for a second season. That's a super supernatural horror based on the novel of the same name by joe hill so if you're into vampire horrors that could be one to watch if you have an amc and that's everything for this week unless you've got anything else you want to add uh, no i think that's everything obviously it spits quite on the um, us tv front yes yes which is quite good because it means i get a chance to go and catch up on things that i missed throughout the true, year true true <laughs> i need the break i need the break to be able to catch up on things so uh if they want to find more about you where can they find you you can find me on twitter at shaftsword which is s-h-a-f-t-s-w-o-r-d and you can find all manner of interesting us-based tv stuff over at hollywood news source on twitter and you can get to our youtube from there and our website and we have lots of lots of interviews from this from cw shows you can go look up the cast legacies uh, we recently spoke to the cast of black lightning and oh, cool. a whole lot more so go to our cool. videos go and check that out at hollywood news for us you can find more information obviously at geektown.co.uk throughout the week and we're posting and updating air date info as we get it uh, if you want to get in touch with your questions and comments you can email us on podcast at geektown.co.uk leave a message on the website post find us at geektown on twitter on facebook at facebook.com forward slash geektown on youtube at youtube.com forward slash geektown and on instagram at geektown uk that is everything we shall see you next week bye 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 Thank you. 
When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.